Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. Father, I just thank you so much, Lord, for sending your Son, stepping off your throne, Jesus, and stepping into a finite time and space that we might have relationship with, with God the Father. Father, you're so good. I pray that as we shift in this service from celebrating you through song and giving to celebrating you through your word as we I, I pray that you open us up Father challenge us this morning let us not walk out of here just checking something off of a list I went to church this week I did my religious duty but Let us walk out of here challenged by the living God to want to make a difference for what you did for us. Lord, I pray that you just do what only you can do today. Have your way in our hearts and our minds. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Man, thank you guys. You, uh, I, I don't say this enough, but you guys did a fantastic job uh, leading us into the presence of God. And uh, I got to tell you, A Holy Night is my favorite Christmas song. I love it. It, it really is. It might be one of my favorite, not just Christmas songs, but one of my favorite Christian songs. I, 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 but I'm that weirdo that listens to Christ, Christmas music year round. I'm that guy. I have, I, I like, I'm also that weirdo that listens to worship music while I'm working out um, or a podcast. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm weird in general. So I'm okay if you judge me. That's cool. I don't care. Um, but it's going to be a good day. Look to your neighbor and say, it's going to be a good day. It's already a great day. We're, we're celebrating Jesus. We're living in community. We're having a great day. And today is no different. Today's message is for every one of us. I said that last week, and it was. And today's message is no different. Every single one of us need to hear this message today. Um, There are very few times in my life where I feel like the Lord has given me, like, like I feel like every message is a message that we need to hear. Maybe I'm biased, but God's word is always relevant. God's word always works. God's word is always applicable. Some it applies differently to, than others. Some like it just hits the nail on the head. But I truly believe God's word is always applicable to us if we're willing to let it apply to our lives. But there are other times when I'm praying about something and writing something that I really feel like, okay, God, this is a message for for today. Like like it's in season for today. And I believe today is an in-season word for every one of us because there's a mind shift that's going to happen. I believe in most of our hearts. The same sun that melts the snow hardens the clay, so you can't hear the word of God and not have a response to it. So we're going to have a response to it. Some of us are going to have a mind shift response. 
It's going to shift the way we think. It's going to shift the way we look at circumstances. It's going to shift the way we, we, we approach things. And some, it might just harden that clay. But I truly believe whether you're in the room or watching later this week or later this year or five years from now, that this is going to be a timely message for you. And we're going to be looking, picking up right where we left off. We're continuing in our series called Sweet Dreams, and we're kind of looking at dreams. If you remember last week, we defined dreams. The, the, the definition of dreams is not just something that happens while you're sleeping. It's also something like you, it's, it's something you aspire to. It's something that you, you, you try to get to. So last week we talked about Elizabeth and Zechariah, how they had a dream about having a child. And yet Elizabeth was barren, but they had this dream and they prayed about it. And the Lord sent Gabriel to Zechariah in the temple. And he, and he said, Zechariah, the Lord has heard your prayers. It was kind of a past tense thing. And then Elizabeth got pregnant with John the Baptist. And um, so what we talked about last week is dreams can be forgotten, but they're not gone. Because if God's given you a dream, it's never truly gone. And, and you're never too old to accomplish that dream for your life. You're not. Zechariah and Elizabeth were 65 years old when they got pregnant with John the Baptist. And last week we took a survey and not one female wanted to volunteer to get pregnant at 65. I couldn't believe it. And this week we're picking right up, right where we left off in Luke, and then we're also going to jump over to Matthew chapter 1. I want to look at Joseph and Mary's response. So let's look at Luke chapter 1, it's 26 through 38. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that's what we talked about last week, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. That's, that's encouraging. Confused and disturbed, the computer quit. So we're going to pick up. Oh, it's back. Sweet. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. And he said, don't be afraid. I think some of us need to hear that today. You know there's 366 don't be afraids in the Bible? Fear not or don't be afraid. There's one for every day of the year and even one for leap year. God knows what he's doing. So I'm telling you, don't be afraid. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. For the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. So there's two questions in Luke chapter 1. The question of Zechariah. Zechariah asked a question. And then Mary asked a question to Gabriel. But when Zechariah asked the question, he said, you're not going to speak again until your son's born. And the first thing 
The first thing Zechariah said when John the Baptist was born, he yelled, we're going to name him John. <laughs> like, because that was what he was told to do. But, like, you would think, like, why did he get punished and Mary didn't? The difference is, Zechariah didn't believe what he was being told. He's like, how do I know this will actually happen? That was the question that Zechariah asked. Mary asked a very different question. She, she was truly wondering, because in the long history of pregnancy, there has always been two ingredients required. A male ingredient and a female ingredient. And she's wondering, how can this be? And it, it's a truly intuitive question. And so the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the Lord, for the word of God will never fail. The word of God will never fail. Some of us need to grab a hold of that this morning. For the word of God will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. It's so interesting when you look at this, uh, this narrative, what's happening. And if you look at it, like it goes into great detail to explain Mary, who she was, and and who she was engaged to. There is this virgin named Mary that lived in the town of, of Nazareth in Galilee who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. So when I'm reading that this week, I was reading, I'm like, dude, they had, they had plans. They had dreams for their life together. Let's look over at um, Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25. I want to read this real quick. And... It's, it's the two different accounts. We just read Mary's account of how she found out. This is, how they, this is actually not how Joseph found out. This is, how he, this is how he chose to move forward, actually. It says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. So I want to I wanna like kind of address this because if we reread this and we don't really understand the, the implications of what's going on here. So a lot of translations might read he decided to divorce her or put her away. So in biblical times, when uh, it wasn't like an engagement now where you just put a ring on it. If you like it, you put a ring on it. You know, um, it wasn't like that. No one got that reference. That was a Beyonce song. I'm not going to do the dance, though. Um, that would really hurt my back. Um, but it would be, uh, 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 something like that. I don't know. Uh, Amy's like, I'm so embarrassed right now. Just keep going. Um, so now I'm picturing myself doing that dance. Uh, please don't. Stop. Let's get back on track. Uh, but it wasn't like that. Because, like, you could just 
break up, like, just break up an engagement now. But back then, like, an engagement was like, there is relationship, courtship, engagement, and then marriage. Like, you still had to go through divorce to, to call off an engagement. Because it was like a binding, like a binding legal um, transaction in biblical times. So Joseph had to decide, what am I going to do here? And if you read this right here, and um, what we just read, if you read this, it sounds like he heard what she said. Joseph, whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. He knew she was pregnant. No doubt when she explained this to Joseph, she probably explained everything. Joseph, I'm telling you, I did not cheat on you. Joseph, please listen to me. I'm like, like Gabriel, the angel appeared to me, and, and he said that that I would conceive. I, like, I, I just need you to understand this. And Joseph is, dude, he's a man. He's wrestling with this. He probably feels a little bit betrayed because remember, then the long history of 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 pregnancy. There's two ingredients involved: the female ingredient and the male ingredient. And he's trying to figure this out, but he's, he's wrestling like, man, she's so convinced about this whole Gabriel thing. And, and I, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I love this woman, but at the same time, like, my honor is on the line. She's clearly pregnant, and I haven't been with her. She told me she was a virgin, but yet at the same time, she's telling me that this is the Holy Spirit, that she's never been with a man. He's wrestling with it. At the end of the day, we want to give Joseph all, all the credit. And, and, and he's trying to say, I don't want to bring disgrace to her because I love this woman, but I don't believe her. So I'm going to take and divorce her. I'm going to put her away quietly. And God had to intervene. God had to intervene. And he considered this. As he considered this, he's thinking about it. He's wrestling with it. The woman... He's engaged to be married, he's pregnant. In the long history, that just doesn't happen. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophets. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. It's kind of interesting. Both of them had the kind of the same response to Gabriel. Mary said, let everything you said come to pass. That was her response to hearing that. Joseph's response to hearing Mary's vision or Mary's encounter, actually. It wasn't just a vision. It was an encounter. Was, I need to put her away. And I, I honestly, I got to give props to Joseph. Because here's the thing. He had that one dream. 
and he acted on it. The Lord gave him a dream, and he had to receive it in faith. Because when you, let's think about how dreams work for a moment. Because how many of you can talk to someone about something and then have a dream about that very thing that night? You know what I'm saying? You could read an article and then suddenly you're dreaming about what you read. The other day I was, I was reading a, uh, I was reading a, uh, um, a hunting magazine um, from actually from Greg and Sherry Atwell. They gave it to me and I, I was reading through it. It's like uh, Tennessee Hunter or whatever. And then that night I had this dream that I was hunting. You know what I'm saying? And like I dropped. I'm telling you, it was a trophy buck. It was like the best hunt I've ever been on. I wasn't cold at all. It was amazing. And I woke up from the dream. I knew that it was like that wasn't real. But Joseph had a dream. No doubt he heard about Gabriel and Mary's encounter. No doubt he, he heard that, um, hey, the, the Holy Spirit's going to make you pregnant from Mary's encounter, and then he has a dream about it. Like, let's think about it. Then Joseph, what does he do, though? He acts on the dream. He says, you know what? What do I have to lose? What if this is God? Sometimes, sometimes we ask the wrong question when we have a God moment or a God dream. We ask, what if this isn't God? And then we don't do anything about it. But what if we took Joseph's approach to dreams that God gives us and says, what if this is God? What if this is truly the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us? And we just acted on it. And he took Mary as his wife. He acted. He stepped out in obedience. He, he pushed himself to do it. And I, I personally think that he might have had in the back of his head, he had to probably wonder the whole pregnancy. God, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to believe this is you. Every time you step out in faith, you still, you still wonder, right? I can't be the only person. You guys are looking at me like, oh, this is the most unspiritual thing. I can't believe he's doing this about Joseph. No, I truly, I, 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 maybe Joseph's a better man than me. He probably is. The Bible says he was righteous in God's sight. But up until the birth of Jesus, and they're in the end, he's like, man, it can't get any worse than this. There's no room for us. The animals are around us. I'm, my, my wife is giving birth to this child that, we, that I, I was told is a son of God. I had a dream about it. But then suddenly, that night, shepherds started filtering in. And filtering in to worship at Jesus' feet. And then, I, I don't know, in my, in my mind, I think that was a moment that Joseph said, Wow, that dream was right. I'm so glad I acted on it. Because they're like, dude... I was out in the field watching my flock by night, and suddenly, like, there was a great heavenly host shine right about us, and it says, in the city of David, a child is born. And, like, they started declaring everything, and we had to bum rush over here to see this baby that is going to save his, like, like, they didn't broadcast where they were staying. They didn't put it on Facebook. Hey, everyone, we're staying at the stable. You know, like, let's take a photo no, they didn't do that. 
But God sent the angels, and suddenly Joseph's like, man, I didn't ask for this, but man, I'm glad it happened. I didn't ask for this, but I'm glad it happened. And if I were to title my message today anything, it would be that. Because every single one of us, every single one of us today has, I didn't ask for this moment in their life. Let's think about Mary and Joseph. They had dreams. They had dreams about getting married. They had dreams about, um, I mean, he was a tradesman. He was a carpenter. And carpenters back then weren't just like woodworkers. They probably cut stone. They cut a bunch of different things. It was kind of a universal term for masons and all that. Everything kind of fell under carpenter. He was a, he was a craftsman. He worked with his hands. They had plans. You know, no doubt they wanted to have kids. Every family back then wanted to have kids. But suddenly, they received something they didn't ask for. Mary didn't ask to be chosen by God. Joseph didn't ask for his wife to be chosen by God. He didn't ask for it. But one thing I need us to understand about the dreams God gives us. And we need to grab a hold of this because we think that they're going to fit into a cookie cutter mold in our head of what we think life should be. The Bible says a man makes his plans, but God orders his steps. But God's dreams interrupt our lives. That's how God's dreams work. They interrupt and they inconvenience. Because you could be having a happy-go-lucky life, but then God gives you a dream. And most of that time, that dream will interrupt your life. It will interrupt how you think life goes. God's dreams interrupt our lives. They interrupt our dreams. They're literally... God's dreams for Mary and Joseph interrupted their dreams for their life. It, it did. And then he turned around and he interrupted Joseph's sleep by giving him a dream. Like, it's not just, you can have dreams that get interrupted because of God's interrupting dreams. That's how it works. That's how God's dreams work. If you have dreams for your life, God's dreams are going to interrupt your dreams. Like, oh, that's not very encouraging. That's why I titled my message, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for this. How many of you guys have a have one of those, I didn't ask for this moments in your life. I didn't ask for this. I think if we're honest, every single one of us would have something we didn't ask for happen to us. Mary and Joseph didn't ask to be picked by God, but man, I'm glad it happened. But so often as Christians, we get stuck in the I didn't ask for. I didn't, I, we get stuck, I didn't ask for this God. And we, we, don't, we, we fail to see what God's doing. And God's dreams are good for your life. God's dreams are amazing for your life. But I guarantee you, not that I've been pregnant. FYI, I've never been pregnant. <laughs> but my wife has had two babies. In the 18 months of her pregnancies combined. There are so many times her hormones are not her normal her, her body wasn't normal, like the baby kicked, she didn't get sleep, she got sick. All that, every woman's like, yeah, I get it, I know. But that's what, that's what happened with Mary. 
there, there had to be, like, she was a teenage girl. Had her life in front of her. And the Lord's like, I'm going to pick her and use her. These are my dreams for her life. And I'm going to interrupt her dreams for her life. And then God picked Mary. She becomes pregnant. And then not just that, she, she jumped on board. She's like, God, let everything that you said happen. But think about this. She had to leave her town. She had to leave where she was living to go stay with Elizabeth because of the disgrace of being pregnant outside of marriage. Like, I, like there were consequences for stepping into God's dream. It changes your life. And you can have those moments where, I didn't ask for this, God. I haven't slept in three months. Like, this is hard. I'm, I'm like, why would you choose me? I don't know whether she ever said that. I mean, um, some, some faiths believe she's practically a deity. She's not. She was human. She had to have moments, though, where she was rolling over, can't get comfortable. Her back hurt all the time. And she was like, God, I didn't ask for this. Jesus even references something to this effect. She said, he, he, he says about a, a woman giving birth, like no, one, woman, no woman likes giving birth. Is, is there anyone in here that enjoyed that? Mom, moms, any moms enjoyed giving birth? Not one hand? What? Are you joking? Uh, one more service? No. Not one woman enjoys giving birth, but Jesus says, but once they hold the baby, they're like, it's all worth it. I didn't ask for it, but I'm glad it happened. I didn't ask for this, but I'm glad it happened. The challenge for us today, though, is when God interrupts your dreams with his dreams, there's going to be times in your life where you're like, I didn't ask for this. But if you stay there, you're going to stay a victim. God wants to shift mindsets today from victimhood to victorious you're not a victim you're more than a conqueror but if you stay and i didn't ask for this because what you've gone through might be from god like pregnancy according to my wife is not fun she does not understand though the strain that the husband has to go through the the changes to my diet the changes to the environment, I'm telling you, she thought she had it rough. She went through it, but I went through it. She's going to kill me later. <laughs> Next week, Amy will be your lead pastor solely. But I didn't ask for this. If we stay and I didn't ask for this, we will live a life like the world's against us. Like, God doesn't care for us, that God's not for us. The Bible says God is for us. If God is for us, then what can be against us? But so often we get in this I didn't ask for this God moment, and we fail to see what the I didn't ask for this moments give us. We fail to see, if we stick in victim mentality, we fail to see what we can rise above through Christ. And I'm going to share with you my I didn't ask for this moment. And I think I've shared it before. I actually know I have, but I've hold hold on hold off on the picture for a second. Um, I don't think I've ever showed visuals of my I didn't ask for this moment. But I can tell you this: I didn't ask for this moments are from God. 
God might not have caused them to happen, but if we allow them to be used by God, they could change the the trajectory of our life. Mary said, let everything you just said happen. She chose to allow the I didn't ask for this moment to happen to her, and it changed the trajectory of mankind. It gave us salvation because of her obedience. And also with Joseph, his, his willingness to act on a dream that he probably had to wonder up until the night Jesus was born. Was that me or was that God? I can't be the only one. I'm just being real. When I have those dreams from God, I'm like, man, that was a God dream. I wake up all excited, and then the longer the day goes on, I'm like, God, was that you or is that me? You know what I'm saying? I can't be the only one. But my I didn't ask for this moment happened in February, February 12th, 2012. And I've told you guys about my, my car accident. I'm just going to give you a warning. If you have a weak stomach, um, like, please look away. Because, and also there's a trash can in the back. If you were just like, just make sure you get to it. Um, I'm just going to show you a, pic, a, a, a few pictures. But if you want to throw, this is my, I didn't ask for this moment. Like I said, they couldn't fix my face. But if you see, I have 70 something stitches in my head. I have a tube coming out because there's bleeding on my brain. I cracked my skull right back there. I broke my eye socket and my jaw. I had road rash. This is after they cleaned it up and I had brain surgery, but they had to remove a piece of skull the size of the back of my hand right here to stop a blood clot in my brain. So I've literally had brain surgery. Um, they didn't find much. They had a lot of room to operate in there. So, uh, um, But looking back at this, I... I, I some, I look at this periodically every couple of years just to remind myself of how good God is. But I got to say, what's really painful is this sleeping bag. That was my favorite camping sleeping bag. It was a white stag. It was like 300 bucks. It was so warm, and I never got it back. Um, um, but this was my I didn't ask for this moment. Because I was a... I was a... Young Adults Leader at a church named River of Life in Arkansas. I was serving there. Uh, just launched a Young Adults Ministry, actually. With I got to serve under my mentor. His name's Mike Thomas. Great man of God. Um, but I actually got to serve on staff with my first youth pastor, Bob and, um, Bob and Robin Warden. And they helped launch this Young Adults Ministry called Connect. And we just had a couple meetings when this happened. Um, I didn't know what I was, I was still figuring out what ministry could look like. And, um, but I, I knew that I'm like, I was content. I was content with serving on staff. I was content with being a staff pastor my whole life. In fact, I was content of just volunteering at the church. I knew I had a call of God in my life, but if I got to make disciples, I was content with that. I was okay with that. And I, I, I never had, I got to be honest, I never had ambition to be a lead pastor. I never felt necessarily called to be a lead pastor. I knew that God called me um, into ministry. But what happened here 
This is a, I didn't ask for this moment. You, you could take it down because it's gross. Um, you could go to any other picture, literally, like anything else. Uh, but I, I didn't ask for that. I, I was literally hanging out with a few friends, camping, and um, on the way home, I rolled my vehicle. I, I thought a corner was sharper. I wasn't even speeding. Like, I was going actually five under the speed limit because I, I set my cruise control. Probably shouldn't have done that, but it was kind of a curvy road, so I was like, I'm just going to set it a little below and everything like that. Well, I thought a corner was sharper than it was. I got off the, got off the, uh, the gravel or pavement and then kind of fishtailed, and then my vehicle rolled. Um, I went out on the first roll. I went out through the sunroof. My, like, I was like, peace out, guys. My friends rode it out. Um, they, they went through all three rolls. Um, it's really painful to see my forerunner like that. That's, that's my baby. I miss her. Um, I still think about her. I put roses on her grave sometimes. Um, I'm joking. I don't. But I do, I do miss that little forerunner. We had a lot of adventures. But I didn't ask for that. I thought I was doing God's will. I thought I was going about my life. Um, I thought I was walking in God's calling for my life, and I was. But what I realized is God used that moment. He used that moment. Because if it wasn't for that moment, there are so many other things that wouldn't have happened in my life. If it wasn't for that moment, I wouldn't be standing here today talking to you. And the reason why is um, that happened in February. My birthday's in April, okay? So... I went, I went through months of physical therapy, months, months of speech therapy. I had that stupid C collar on my neck for three months straight, 24 hours a day. Like, I didn't get to take it off. I injured my neck. I went through years of horrible neck pain until the Lord healed me. And I, I, I didn't ask for any of that. Like, I went through, I'm still getting little pieces of glass out of my head. Like, I'll, I'll lay on my pillow, and something will just stab me. I'm like, oh, there's a piece of glass. Like, I'm still suffering the consequences of, of that accident. But because I went through that accident, because um, while I was in the hospital bed, I was getting about, I don't know, 40 minutes of sleep a day. And so all I had was my iPad and my phone, and I had Facebook so I'm laying there on morphine, and they're giving me Oxycontin to help my neck pain. My neck pain was so bad. Like, it was so bad. Like, the Oxycontin would last for about 40 minutes, and they couldn't give it to me for another six hours. So I had to wait. I was watching the clock. As soon as six hours, I'd hit it. I'm like, please give me something else. I can't sleep. I can't rest. My neck is hurting so bad. It's just throbbing. And they're like, we can't give you anything until the time is up. We don't want you to get addicted. And... Um, while I was looking at Facebook, there is this girl named Amy Longenecker that I didn't creep on her. I want to say this. Um, she just happened to be posting more, I guess, than normal. And I kept seeing her pictures with her nieces on my Facebook page. And I remember laying there praying, saying, God, I pray that I, 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 I botched, I botched my chances with her. And then like, she ditched me on a blind date opportunity. She was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to go on a blind date with some dude I don't know. And so I thought my shot, my shot was gone. 
So I'm laying in the hospital bed saying, man, I missed, <laughs> I missed an opportunity, you know. Uh, and I remember praying just in pain saying, God, Lord, if you know, when you get me out of this, I know you will. Give me another chance with her. But I'm so scared, dude. I'm so insecure. You, you'd be like, when it, came, when it came to talking to girls when I was single, like, I would stutter all over myself, and I would, I would make a complete idiot of myself. I actually, Amy has stories about that. Even now, I, I, I make a complete idiot of myself. But months go by. I get my C-collar off. My birthday comes up, and my friends, Bob and Robin, they throw me a birthday party. Now, I would not have had a 24th birthday party that year because birthdays aren't that big of a deal for me. I, I, I would I celebrate my kids and my wives, but it's, it's not that big a deal for me, like, on my birthday. I don't, I don't care as much. And so, like, I never had birthday parties. But because I almost died and they thought they were going to lose me, they are like, we're going to celebrate uh, a birth, we're going to throw a birthday party for Ryan. We're going to do a surprise birthday party. We're going to invite him over because that's pretty common. I would come over, talk about Connect, and and do uh, and figure out how we could plan ministry. But they threw at me a surprise birthday party. First one of my year, of my life was that year, twenty four, because they almost lost me. And at that birthday party, I received a dare. That dare was to message that girl right there. And I was like, I can't do that. And then the thought went through my head. What do I have to lose? What did I have to lose? What did, what did Joseph have to lose stepping out on that dream? He had nothing to lose. He, uh, he might have lost a reputation, but if it's God, he'll take care of that. And so I took a dare, and I messaged a girl, and we started a conversation. And then a year later, we were married. And the cool thing is, Amy is not just the girl of my dreams, but she's a girl of my prayers. Prayers that I prayed because of that car accident, not those clouds, um, because of that car accident. Prayers I prayed because of that car accident. A birthday party I had because of that car accident. And then we ended up getting married because of that car accident. It was my, I didn't ask for this moment, but I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it happened. I would go through it all again if I get the girl of my prayers and my dreams. I would go through it all again because, because if we stay in the, I didn't ask for this mentality, we will stay a victim. We will always say, oh, what could have been? What could have been? What could have been? What could have been? But God's saying, what could be? We got to get from, I didn't ask for this, to I'm glad it happened. We have to. And because she is wired so differently than me, she's a go get it. Like, she's just like, just do it. Just go. You know, like, and me, I'm like, let's think about how people will receive this. Let's think about how, how their feelings are. And Amy's like, just ask them. Just, like, who cares? You know, like, it's not, okay, she does care for you guys. But I'm just saying, we're wired differently. And so because of that, she pushed me to go get a student ministry position at a church in Sedalia, Missouri. I was so nervous about that. I was scared to death about stepping out in faith. But because she pushed me, I stepped out in faith because of that car accident. Are you tracking with me? And then we served there for six years because of that car accident. And then she pushed me again when we felt the Lord leading us. 
And she's like, Ryan, I really think that you should be a lead pastor. I'm like, no, I'm not qualified to be a lead pastor. I only know students. And she's like, dude, um, older people and students aren't that um, different. They both don't listen to anyone. No, I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm I'm, I'm, that was her. That was her. That was not me. I, I don't think that. Um, as I have a former student get up and walk out. No, I'm sure. Uh, no, but it was, I didn't ask for this moment. But if we allow, if we allow it, God's dreams interrupt our dreams. And most of the time we didn't ask for his dreams. But if we're saying, God, I want your will done in my life. Then we're, then we're inviting him to have, I didn't ask for this moments in our life. We are inviting that. So what we got to do today, we have got to shift our mentality. Because we will never get to, I didn't ask for this, or we will never get to, I'm glad it happened. Every single one of us has had a year. 2020 is a year of, I didn't ask for this. Um, I had dreams at the beginning of the year. I had, I, had, I had what I thought God was going to do in this church lined out. And every, in December of 2019, I would not have called for one, one second a three-month shutdown where we had to go online. I was thinking it was going to be two months in December. So I'm, I'm joking. Like, I didn't think it at all. I wouldn't have ever called that. So three months of shutdown in the church, and some churches still aren't getting back together. There are people that have worked jobs their whole life and they've lost jobs. They didn't ask for that. There are people who who have poured their life and their money into to businesses and now they don't have businesses anymore. They didn't ask for that. There are people who have lost loved ones. I didn't ask for my mom to die this year. I could tell you that. You know what? I'm still wrestling with that. But I, I can tell you this too. When we shift when we shift from, I didn't ask for this, and we, we turn around and say, I'm glad it happened. Because here's the thing. That God, like You might say this is a political thing. You might say this uh, at the end. Of, I'm asking you to put on some spiritual eyes for a second. The enemy's coming hard after the church in the United States right now and across the world. He's coming hard at us, and he's trying to knock us down. But the reality is he's only knocking us to our knees. We're going to get up. God's about to pour out his spirit like we've never seen before. And Satan thinks he knocked us down and knocked us out, but he's knocked us to prayer. And you know what? I didn't ask for my mom to pass away, but at the end of the day, I prayed more since that time than I probably had for the months before it because I didn't ask for this. I'm not glad it happened, but I'm getting to that point because I'm closer to Jesus now than I ever have been. And it, we, this is why we have to get, we have to get, we have got to get from a, a victim mentality Oh, look at me. Poor me. I lost my job. I lost my family. I, I, I can't do this. I can't do that. I didn't ask for this. No one asked for 2020. We didn't ask for a pandemic. We didn't ask for, um, you know, like, uh, <laughs> we didn't ask for, like, zombie dust from Africa. We didn't, you know, we, we, <laughs> we didn't ask for wildfires and Australia wouldn't ask for three hurricanes to hit this year. No one asks for this. But if we stay in that mentality, 
We will never see the blessing. We won't. And I, this, this, is, this is just a call to arms. God has dreams for you. And those dreams sometimes entail things that we didn't ask for. And they interrupt our dreams. I had dreams of serving on staff for the rest of my life. But because I, my, I didn't ask for this moment, but I'm glad it happened moment, I get to serve, in my opinion, the best church on the planet. I get to serve an amazing congregation that has a heart for missions, that has a heart to reach the lost. Because God changes trajectory with his dreams. Not to say that your dreams are bad. Mary and Joseph had great dreams. They had dreams of getting married and having children and everything like that. Living life together. They had good dreams. But God had better dreams. But in order to walk out the better dreams, they had to go through, I didn't ask for this. And I can only imagine what Mary was thinking on, at the foot of the cross when she was probably thinking to this, uh, this encounter about Gabriel saying that he's going to save his people from his sins as she's seen her firstborn, her baby boy, nailed to a cross, scourged and beaten, gasping for breath. And in his last breath, he's saying, God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And he's looking at his disciple, John, saying, John, here's your mother. Take charge of my mom. Take care of my mom. Mom, this is your son. And in, in, in his last breath, he's leading people to the Lord around him. In his last breath, he's, he's saying, God, they don't know what they're doing. In his last breath, he's saying, it is accomplished. She's probably thinking, I didn't ask for this. I didn't sign up for this. But three days later, Three days later, when she's standing at an empty tomb, saying, I know we prepared his body. We wrapped him in linen. He was laying right here. And then there's an angel saying, what are you looking for? Don't look for the living amongst the dead. Three days later, she went from, I didn't ask for this, but I'm glad it happened. I didn't ask for this, but I'm glad it happened. We have got to do this. I don't know what 2021 has in store. Uh, I'm, I'm very leery about predicting things <laughs> like after 2020. But I do know this. God wants to grow his church. And he straight says the gates of hell won't prevail against his church. God wants to pour out his spirit on his people. He wants to see our sons and daughters prophesy. He wants to see old men and women dream dreams. He wants to see, you know, he wants to see that. That's a, that's a promise out of the book of Joel, re, re, reasserted in the book of Acts. He wants to do that. He wants lost people who are far from him to come near him. And we are the avenue, and we are the, the means of which he's going to reach a lost world. And... As long as we're in the, we stay in the I didn't ask for this mentality, we'll never be able to accomplish the goal and the purpose and the dream that God has for us. We can't. Ben, if you will, we can't. You're not a victim. 
I think every one of us, let's just say that together. I think it's going to be liberating. Let's just say, I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. Didn't that feel good? Right? It felt good, right? I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim of circumstance. I'm not a victim of this year. I'm victorious. Say, I'm victorious in Jesus. Romans 8 says we are more than conquerors. That's a, I'm, I, I didn't ask for this, but I'm glad it happened. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it happened. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm glad it happened. It drove me to my knees. Every one of us has these moments. Some of us have, like, in, in a crowd this size, some of us have had multiple I didn't ask for this moments. I know I did. Just this year, I had multiple of those. But we can't stay there. This year's over. I don't know what 2021 has. I don't know who's going to be sworn into office, but regardless of all that, Jesus is king, and we serve him, and we're about his kingdom. We're about his mission of making disciples. We're about doing what he called us to do. Here at C1, we celebrate Jesus. We live in community. We share our story, and we make a difference all to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we go through life a victim, you'll never be victorious. Well, they did this to me. They did that to me. So, get over it. Well, you don't know what I went through. I don't. I don't know. But Jesus does. He went through more. But we all have a different have a different thing that we've gone through. I once heard it said by the great Paul Dow. He said, if everyone threw everything into a bowl of all their problems, and you looked at that bowl, guess what you'd pick out? Your own problems again. No one wants anyone else's problems, but we do have an option of how we deal with it. We could stay in, I didn't ask for this, and be victims our whole life, and never be more than a victim, or we could be in Christ and say, I'm glad it happened because even though the enemy came at me, he tried to knock me down, he tried to knock me out, he tried to, to, to push me over. He, he's not strong enough. He just, he just knocked me to my knees. I'm going to lean into Christ. I'm going to lean into God. I'm going to go after him, and I'm going to stand up victorious. A conqueror is someone who goes in and wages war, right? That's what they do. They go in and wage war and conquer people. The Bible says that we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, through him who loves us. And a more than conqueror is the people who get to come in after the conqueror, and they get to dwell in the land. They get to, they get to, um, they get to have all the benefits of the conquered land. That's what we are. We're not victims. We're more than conquerors. I once heard it said this way, that a conqueror is the boxer in the ring. He's going in, boxing, and he, he, I mean, he might get knocked around. He might get punched in the face. He might, all that stuff. But at the end, he knocks out the enemy. And they walk out with that giant check that says however many millions of dollars on it. And guess who's on the other end of that check? It's the more than conqueror, his wife. His wife's the more than conqueror. He fought the battle, but she gets the benefits. Right? That's what Jesus did for us. He fought the battle, and we get the benefits. And why would we stay in the, I didn't ask for this. When Jesus fought the battle to get us out of that. He, 
He didn't cause it to happen. He didn't cause my mom to pass away. He didn't cause my car accident. He didn't cause all that, no. But man, he can use it if we let him. He can use it. He can use it to pray prayers that we wouldn't normally pray. He can use it to, 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 to step out in faith in a way we haven't stepped out in a while. He can use it. Some of us have dreams that we didn't ask for and we don't know what to do with them. What if you just did like Joseph? I don't know if this is God or not, but I'm going to step out on it anyways. See what God does. Whether you asked for it or not, see what God does with that dream. Or we could be like Mary. Let everything you just said happen. What I want to do today in response. First and foremost, we have an opportunity. There is something every one of us didn't ask for. And it's called salvation. Not one of us can earn it. Not one of us asked for it. But God, before the foundation of the earth, sent his son in the, through a womb of a virgin to be born in a manger, to live 33 years, to be crucified a sinner's death for us. The Bible says God made him who knew no sin to become sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And you didn't ask for that, but God provided it. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you have accepted him and you've done the whole religious thing, you've gone through the motions, you've gone to church, you read your Bible, you prayed every day, but you've never had a personal relationship, God's not, God's not so much worried about where you are. He's more worried about the direction you're heading in. Are you headed towards Jesus? Because you could be in the, in the muck, in the addiction. You could be all in that. But all you have to do is turn around and say, God, forgive me. I believe that you're the son of God. And you, and you just you start going towards Jesus. It's not so much about where you are. You don't have to have your act together to come to Jesus. In fact, I believe he almost prefers that you don't. Because Jesus came to die for sinners. That's what he came for. And if you're, if, you're, if you're here today and you're far from God, maybe you said a prayer a long time ago and you've gone through all that and you said it didn't stick, but I'm, I'm, I'm willing to try Jesus. I'm not telling you to try church. I'm not telling you to try prayer. I'm not trying to tell you anything. I'm trying to tell you to try Jesus. He wants a personal relationship with you. He wants to walk with you through those I didn't ask for this moments so you can get out of victimhood to victorious so you can see like Mary and Joseph God's hand in the I didn't ask for this they saw it they said okay this is God so I'm not going to be a victim even though pregnancy is not pleasant even though the disgrace of the time is not pleasant I'm going to go through it if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ or you need to repent I'm going to be up here my wife is going to be up here. Nathan's going to be up here. And we want to pray with you. We need to pray with you. We need to pray with you. Because God's pulling you. I think some of us today, some of us need to start being obedient, just like Joseph. You're, you're feeling that 
that turning, that thought went through your head. Now you're, you're having that kind of stirring. You're saying, I need to go pray somewhere. And you're like, I just, or, or I need to turn around and pray. I need to repent because I've lived in victimhood. I, 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 I haven't got to the point where I'm glad it happened. Know how you get to the point where you're glad it happened? You start praying. You start praising. You start worshiping despite how you feel. It's called a sacrifice of praise for a reason. Because a sacrifice is something that you don't necessarily want to give. But you do it anyways. We're told to give ourselves a living sacrifice. And there is a statement I heard a long time ago, but um, it's rang out more true in the last several months of my life. There are two times to praise God when you feel like it and when you don't. And some of us don't feel like it right now, but we need to. We need to get out of, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for my past. I didn't ask for whatever. To You know what? I'm glad it happened because guess what? I've prayed more. I've gone after God more. Like, Whenever we're, we're just focusing on what's happened, we can't see the potential. So as he, as Ben starts to lead, I'm going to ask us to stand up. And what you're feeling, I need you to listen to the Holy Spirit. If the Lord's telling you to turn around and pray, if the Lord's telling you to find a spot and pray, if the Lord's telling you to come up here and pray, if the Lord's telling you to come to one of us up front and pray, you need to do it. Don't. Don't walk out of here with that same, I didn't ask for this. None of you guys asked for this service, but God's here to meet with you. And I believe there are multiple people in this room that are going to walk out of here, not victims, but victorious when they step out. So let's respond.